welcome to another edition of Park Talk Podcast, the official podcast of the Naperville Park District. Hi everyone, I'm Sue Omanson. In this series, we go behind the scenes to hear about everyday inventions and improvements initiated by our park staff. Today I'm happy to welcome back John Tepper, South Park's operations manager to talk about some brand new improvements in the disc golf course at Knock Knolls Park. And also joining us is Spencer Heward, creative services manager for the Park District, who has recently discovered the fun of playing disc golf himself. So disc golf has been growing in popularity ever since the Park District opened its first nine-hole course in 2000. And as both of you have seen, the course at Knock Knolls is wildly popular, offering people of all skills and ages a free and fun activity. But I think many people in the community are not aware that we have this course, or even what disc golf is. John, would you tell us briefly what the game is and how it's played? Sure, Sue. So disc golf is very similar to ball golf, where you start at one location and you're aiming to go to a target at another location. So out at Knock Knolls, what we have is called tee pads. That's where you start off and you throw from. So the tee pads are five foot by eight foot and they're made of concrete. So then we throw to a target, which is called a basket. So it's a metal Um, which is a basket at the bottom that's elevated off the ground, and then there's vertical hanging chains. So you throw the Frisbee to hit the chain, and it falls down into the basket. So out at Knock Knolls, you'll see we have T signs, which are next to the T pads. This will have a map of the hole that you're going to play. It'll show you distance, and it'll also show you the par for that hole. So players can choose to follow along and keep their score, what they are if I'm even par, one under par, one over par, that kind of thing, like ball golf. Okay. Or they can choose just to go out and have fun and play without keeping score. Great. Sounds like it's really flexible. (laughs) It's very flexible. Um, And the park district started out with nine holes, and then they had an opportunity to expand to 18 holes in 2015. And I remember the innovation in that project was to bring a herd of 45 goats to clear the heavy underbrush in the wooded area to prepare for adding the new disc golf holes. And they did an amazing job. They did do a fantastic (laughs) job. It's very interesting for us, um, but the goats came in and did most of the heavy lifting. They came through and cleared all the underbrush and that allowed staff to get in and mechanically remove things that they, that weren't accessible. So this disc golf course is right next to the river and it's very scenic. It is very scenic. Certainly. Um, some of the holes down by the river being hole three, four, five, and six are very beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I urge you know, people to, even if you don't play disc golf, to go out there and walk the course and really you know, check it out because oh, be it's a beautiful area. Yeah. Um, and how has the 18-hole course been used over the past six years? So the course is free to play. Um, you could show up, no tee time required. Just show up first come, first serve. So most of the use we see out there is drop-in use. So players show up whatever time they want, they play and go home. We, as a park district, don't offer leagues, but there are some local leagues and traveling leagues that stop by Knock Knolls and they'll play out there. And then Knock Knolls is a home for Disc Golf First Cancer event, which is a local charity event to raise funds for kids battling brain cancer. And then there have been a handful of other smaller tournaments out there. Oh, great. Yeah, the, the second uh, annual 
um, event is this coming October 30th. So it should be a lot of fun. Um, and just I wanted to add, too, you know, yeah. that one of the nice things about the course is it's right next to the Knocknolls Nature Center, which has nice restrooms. And there's a playground there, too. If you know, if you want to drop the kids off and uh, play a few holes, it's all right there. The parking's right next to the to the tee pad for hole number one. That's a good point. Yeah, it's a great location. Um, John, would you tell us about the improvements that are nearly complete at this time? Sure thing. So we started off by putting in new baskets, new targets for okay. the players to play on. We had uh, these DGA Mach 2 baskets. Some were from the early 2000s, late 90s, and then the others were, another nine were added uh, with the course expansion in 2015. Some players reached out. They were looking for a new updated style of baskets. That came down from the planning department to me. I reached out to multiple leagues, uh, contacts that I had through the disc golf industry, and we decided to go with uh, dynamic disc veterans baskets. These are used on the disc golf pro tour, and ever since we put them in, we've heard pretty much nothing but positive comments about them, and people love them. We also analyzed the course to find areas for improvement. So we went out there, we talked to players. A lot of the comments we heard is that it's a beautiful park, but the holes weren't necessarily long enough. Some of them weren't challenging enough. And a lot of players play there multiple times a week. So they were looking just to change it up a touch. Okay. So we went and we looked, where can we expand? What can we change? What can we, we add to the course to offer this to the players? So we had a lot of people involved with that. Um, our staff here that is out there every day, players that were out there, we had a representative from the PDGA, which is a professional disc golf association, oh, go great. through it and just make sure any changes we were proposing were still safe and, and would function in the way right. that we anticipate. So what we did was we used some of the newer of the old baskets to create what we call B locations for the pins. So um, some of the holes will have multiple different baskets. You could stand right. there and decide which pin location am I going to play to today? Do I want to go to pin A or to pin B? Most of the B locations that we have are further from the tee pad than the A. They'll be tucked away in trees and a little bit more difficult locations okay. for the players. We also identified areas where we could add different tee pads. So for hole three, for example, we put a second tee pad about 15 feet away from the other one. It didn't add any distance, but with the tree line, it totally changed how the hole is played, and it's much more difficult. Great. That's really cool that you can vary both the tee and the, bas the basket. Mm -hmm. Cool. <laughs> um, and let's see, how did you collaborate with other departments in designing this um, well, Spencer over here is him and I collaborated a lot on this project. We did. Yes. Yeah, we did. This, uh, this was, uh, you know, a great kind of cross district, um, initiative between the park staff and the marketing staff. We really analyzed some of the signage we have out there currently, and there was a lot of adjustments to be made. So we really took a look at what we had and John did a really good job of reaching out to local disc golfers, um, about the colors of the different signage and just, you know, getting their input on work, what works best. And he relayed that feedback back to our department. And I think what we came up with is, is pretty nice. So um, you'll see that out there. There's a, there's a new 
um, main map of the course that's at the kiosk right there by hole number one. And all that should be installed pretty soon. Oh, that's nice. Um, so you even got feedback from the golfers when you initially changed the colors, right? That's correct. So we reach out to the disc golfers as much as we can. Our staff is out there all the time and, and built this rapport with a lot of the disc golfers. So we have no problem with stopping someone and saying, hey, we're proposing this change. What do you think? And one of the disc golfers pointed out the color scheme that we had on the signs was difficult for people with colorblindness. Oh, right. So we took that into consideration, Spencer and his staff did, when creating the new T-signs. Wow. Correct. We actually removed um, some things from the old map that were confusing, and we really looked at it, you know, kind of with a new set of eyes on what really makes sense and is clear, and, and, and I think it turned out pretty well. Oh, that's great. And what colors are there now out there as far as the new the new baskets and the new... Um... So what we decided to do when laying out the map was to make the further, more difficult tee pads, the white tee pads, okay. and then the shorter, quote-unquote, easier tee pads, the red ones. So you'll see on the map, if there are a white and a red, that means there's two tee pads. And on the map, if one tee pad has red and white on it, that means that they share a tee pad location. Oh, that's so you great. can play the white track or the red track and follow it along. Great. Nice. What kinds of uh, reactions have you heard from the players after some of these changes? We're hearing so much positive feedback. People love the changes that we're making. Um, they're excited to have a variety of options. Players that play out there multiple times a week mm -hmm. don't want to play the same thing over and over again. So one day they may play the red track, one day they might play the white track, and the other days maybe they'll switch it up when they get to each hole. And, you know, John and I were out there earlier this week and we ran into some golfers that, some longtime golfers that were figuring out how to play some of the new you know, bee baskets and whatnot, and they were pretty excited about it and the different styles of throwing and whatnot, you know, because you really do have to kind of start from scratch. It is, it is, you know, the, the new bee baskets are all, it's totally different, so. That, that's really exciting that we could uh, do this. It sounds like it would be very economical, too, to, to make these changes. Well, it was, and that was an opportunity that we saw. Hey, these baskets are still in all right shape. The the newer of the old bunch, right. the the old older of the old bunch were kind of getting to be at the end of their life. Mm -hmm. So we thought there was a little bit of life left and we also wanted to test out these new B locations. Do people actually like them? Is it a worthwhile endeavor? So yeah. for us, it was repurposing something that was already there. You are both just golf players yourselves. Uh, what keeps you out there, uh, you know, going to the course and playing? Oh, I, I tell you what, I, I like everything about the sport, you know, from it, First off, it's free, which is just wonderful. Um, and you're out in, as we talked about earlier, just the nature. Um, the course is beautiful. I, I, I'm never, you know, I always see new things when I'm out there and, uh, you know, different ways to play holes and stuff. So it, it's, it always keeps it fresh, which I love. Um, it's pretty much open 365 days a year, you know, minus if there's a little bit of snow on the ground and whatnot. Um, you, you can be any age, you know, you see from kids to all the way through, you know, seniors out there playing, which is wonderful. And any ability. I, I mean, I, I love that part of it. I bring my son out there and got him into the sport, and it's just great bonding. Um, John brings his daughter out there. It's, it's, it's wonderful. Wow, yeah. that's great. 
for me, what got me hooked on it at the beginning was the, the freedom of it all. The Spencer, it's free to play. Uh, you're out there. You're not. You don't need the tea time. There's no one out there kind of hassling pace of play. Although we do promote a you know good pace of play, and you're just free. You're free to decide if you're going to keep score or not. And mm-hmm. it's fun to try to come up with a creative way to throw the disc. What flight path are you going to use? You don't necessarily have to play 18 holes. You can get out there. It's a lot faster than ball golf. I'm also a, a pretty avid golfer, mm-hmm. but disc golf offers this. I can get out there. I can play a quick round and I can be back with the family. But most of the time I do bring my daughter with me. Oh, that's great. And then the nature you're out. It's really like going on a nature hike while throwing a Frisbee or oh. disc as they call them. <laughs> and I, and I got to say, I left out one of the most important parts and my favorite part is the vibe out there of the players is everybody seems so nice and there's it's not intimidating at all. People are really conscious, you know, to let better golfers through and to not, you know, really push people that are amateurs. There's, there's no yeah. pressure. I, I really like that. Everyone's, you, you know, saying hi and looking you know, giving advice, looking for advice. It's just really a wonderful, uh, you know, vibe. That's really nice for the park district to offer that. Um, so if someone listening is, is thinking, hey, I'd like to try this, do you have any advice for just how to get started? Well, I would recommend just going out and visiting the course. And if you can buy, purchase a disc, they do have starter sets that you could buy, which would have a driver and a mid-range and a putter. Okay. That would be a great place to start. Although you don't need all three of those discs. You really only need one. Okay. So I'd reach out to a friend that you might know that plays and say, hey, do you have an extra disc? I'd love to go with you. You might want to go and just walk the course and see what it's all about. Yeah, like Spencer, you had suggested that in the beginning for someone who doesn't know. Yeah, absolutely. Just to walk the course. Yeah, and you know, like John said, I bought one of those starter sets. I think it was around in the $20 range. And I... I've given it to my son. So now he's got it and he can give it to his friends when he's outgrown it. And, you know, one, one of the other things I did when I was starting out is, you know, you can just play safe on some of the more difficult holes. So if there's some of them have the river is right next to it and that right. can be challenging. So you just play it really safe, maybe throw a lesser shot or even just keep walking. You know, you don't have to. It's not like you've paid for it. So you just keep right. moving on until you progress. And, um, you know, it's, that's what I really like about it. There's plenty of YouTube videos out there, too, with tutorials, how to get started, how to throw properly, um, even things to how to pick up your disc without bending at the wrong point and hurting your back, that kind of thing. Oh, wow. So there, yeah. there's a lot online that you can find about disc golf That's now. great. Yeah, and this is a great time of the year to get out there if you're – you're new to the sport i mean this is when you know the course really thrives if you're done with traditional sports or you know the swimming pools are closed come on out and try disc golf it's open like i said it's open until you're pretty much too cold to play right (laughs) that's right thank you for listening the naperville park district's mission is to provide park and recreation experiences that promote healthy lives healthy minds and a healthy community Park Talk Podcast is a production of the Naperville Park District.